a warm welcome to another episode of the Divine Girls Diaries podcast. We have been quite firmly discussing about what Dr. S. Jay Shankar in his book The India Way has discussed. He has explained India's triumphs as well as India's uh, dark moments like the 1962 war against China. Further, in his episode, uh, in his chapter, The Dogmas of Delhi, in the same book, he explains how has Indian foreign policy evolved since independence. He states that understanding that this is done best by dividing this into six phases, each response to a different global strategic environment. In the early episode, his book also firmly discussed how dynamic or how ever-evolving the international relations aspect really is. It is so much so that it could evolve anytime soon or any minute now. That is how dynamic, that is how ever-changing the atmosphere of international arena is. Now the six different phases, each response to a different global strategic environment are as follows. Number one, starting from 1946 to 1962, which could be categorized as an era of optimistic non-alignment. Its setting was very much of a bipolar world, which camps led by the US and the USSR. India's objectives were to resist the constraining of choices and dilution of its sovereignty as it rebuilt its economy and consolidated its integrity. In parallel goal, as the first of the decolonized nations was to lead Asia and Africa in a quest for a more equitable world order. This was the heyday of Bandung and Belgrade, the peak of third world solidarity. It also saw energetic Indian diplomacy from Korea and Vietnam to Suez and Hungary. For a few years, a position on the world stage seemed assured. The 1962 conflict with China not only brought this period to an end, but in a manner that significantly damaged India's standing. The second phase from 1962 to 1971 is a decade of realism and recovery. India made more pragmatic choices on security and political challenges while addressing the paucity of resources. It looked beyond non-alignment in the interest of national security, concluding a now largely forgotten defense understanding with the US in 1964. External pressures on Kashmir, especially from the US and UK, mounted in this period of vulnerability. The global context remained bipolar, but it now saw the emergence of limited cooperation between the US and USSR. South Asia happened to be a particular area of convergence, and Indian diplomacy had to face the superpowers together, as it did in 1966 in Tashkent. It was also a period when domestic challenges were particularly acute, ranging from political turbulence to economic distress. But for our purposes, what is more important is that even though the stress levels were higher, we came through an anxious period without great damage. The third phase from 1971 to 1991 was one of greater Indian regional assertion. It started with the decisive dismantlement of India-Pakistan equivalence through the creation of Bangladesh but ended with the IPKF misadventure in Sri Lanka. The larger environment by now was dramatically different, with the Sino-US rapprochement of 1971 upending the strategic landscape. The Indo-Soviet treaty and the adoption of a more pro-Soviet positions on international issues were India's response to this challenge. 
It was a particularly complex phase as the US-China-Pakistan axis which came into being at this time seriously threatened India's prospects. While there were more long-term consequences from it, the shift in India's posture arose from other factors. The collapse of the USSR, its close ally and the non and unconnected economic crisis in 1991 compelled us to look again at the basics of both domestic as well as foreign policy. The dissolution of the USSR or the Soviet Union and the emergence of a unipolar world characterized the fourth phase. It is encouraged it encouraged a radical rethink in India on a broad range of issues as well as it shifted focus to safeguarding strategic economy or autonomy. If India opened up economically more to the world, its reflection was also evident in new diplomatic priorities and approaches. The Look East policy summarized the changed Indian approach to world affairs, which also saw adjustments in its position on Israel. It is now a period where India reached out to engage the US more intensively. Yet, it did so while protecting its equities in critical areas. This quest for strategic autonomy was particularly focused on securing its nuclear weapon option, but also visible in trade negotiations. By the turn of the century, enough had, had happened for India to now shift gear again and move to a higher level. After 1998, it was now a declared nuclear weapon power had fended off Pakistan's military adventurism again in Kargil in 1999, generated enough economic growth to be of global interest, and managed well a US that was focusing more on developments in Asia and the consequences of Islamic fundamentalism. The more competitive environment opened up new windows of opportunity for India, especially as the US found it difficult to maintain the same degree of unipolarity. As a consequence, India discovered the benefits of working with different powers on different issues. This fifth phase is one where India gradually acquired the attributes of a balancing power. Its relevance to the world increased, as did its ability to shape outcomes. It is reflected in the India-US nuclear deal as well as a better understanding with the West. At the same time, India could also make a common cause with China on climate change and trade as well as consolidate ties with Russia while helping to fashion BRICS or BRICS into major forum. So BRICS is just a multilateral ecosystem uh, which is an, also an acronym for Brazil, Russia, India, China as well as South Africa. This was, in some senses, again a period of opportunity where India moved the global needle by taking new positions. A number of developments came together to change calculations by 2014, initiating the sixth phase. To begin with, China gathered more momentum and the terms of engagement it offered to the world progressively hardened. Balancing works best during a period of transition and was therefore inevitably mitigated as new realities took root. At the other extreme, the American trumpet sounded uncertain. US resource limitation was aggravated by the risk aversion in the aftermath of the Iraq war, declaring an Afghan withdrawal and displaying growing tepidity in the Asia-Pacific sent messages well beyond the immediate issues. For its part, Europe turned increasingly inwards, not appreciating that 
political agnosticism could have had its own cost. Japan's efforts to acquire a greater share in the global arena to unfold only gradually. The full impact of the 2008 financial crisis and the global economic rebalancing also made itself felt in a variety of ways. As the world saw a wide dispersal of power and a more localized equations, it was evident that multipolarity was seriously upon us. Clearly, this called for a different approach than practicing politics with a more limited set of dominant players. This was what Mr. Do or Dr. S. J. Shankar had to say about the evolving foreign policy of India post its independence in 1947. To conclude, this is what Dr. S. Jayashankar had to say about the different phases of foreign policy that India acquired with changing circumstances or changing realities of the world. That was all for this episode of the Divine Bus Podcasts. Until then, I am Ajinkya signing off. Take care, wear a mask, stay safe.